All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Lawn Care Leaders Podcast. I am your show host, Britt Dowd. Super thrilled today to be with you guys because I know that you've joined this show for a reason. You are intentional, you're trying to grow, you're pushing towards your goals, and you guys are keeping at it. So, got a good conversation lined up here with Gabe Shirk out of Richwood, Ohio, running Handyscapers, and he's been in business for two years. Going to share his story and his journey, his unique experience into lawn care and where he's at today. So, Gabe, my friend, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Good deal, man. Good deal. How's life been for you the past few weeks? Uh, it's been on and off. Um, staying busy, but um, there's always struggles. Yeah. So. yeah. And so goes so goes the life of a small business owner, right? Yep. Yep. Small business ownership and and personal life, and it all seems to uh, all seems to bleed together, man. So here here's what I want to know. Let the people have a little glimpse into who you are, what you're about, and uh, try, try to give as many little snippets about your personal life before we hop into your, into your journey. All right. Um, so I mowed my first yard, which was our personal yard. Um, I want to say around eight years old. I was, I wasn't even tall enough to push the mower from, the engagement bar. So I was wrapping a strap around that and pushing from that uh, lower middle bar. There you <laughs> go. That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, hey, but that's not bad for an eight year old. I feel like I was that tall. Right. I was that tall till like 14. I feel like. Yeah, I'm not very tall. Five, eight. So there you go. I haven't grown much. Yeah, that's not, I'm, I'm, I'm five, eight. I, I like to say five, eight and three quarters. Cause I'm, I'm close to five, nine is what I, my claim to fame, but that's the perfect height, man. Like you're, you're still, you're still tall enough to compete in sports, but you're not so tall that you hit your head on stuff. You know, you're not awkward tall either. Right. Yep. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So you started like super young push mowing lawns. That, that's, that's pretty common. So tell us about, yep. I mean, do you, do you have a, do you have a family? You have a wife, girlfriend, kids? Um, I got a girlfriend. Okay. Uh, we've been together for about six years. Six years. Um, what's your, what's your yeah. girl, what's your girl's name? Sarah. Sarah. Nice. Yeah. Six um, years, six years, man. So are you, what's the plan there? You're going to just, you just going to um, play it out or are you going to put a ring on that finger? You're going to lock it down. So we're uh, trying to get more financially uh, set yeah. uh, before something like that happens. Her mom has brought it up before. <laughs> <laughs> I bet she has. Uh, uh, her mom wants a real a real wedding. Yeah. Um, her other uh, children who did get married was done in a courthouse. Uh, so. so she wants yeah she wants her to have a, a real wedding. Well, cool man. Well, cool. Yeah. Yep. yep. To, to each his own and in his own time. So that that's cool, man. Well, what else? Hit us with some other details. Um. So she has two kids of her own, uh, eleven and fourteen, and I have one of my own, um, who is eleven. Okay. Um, my son's mother died, um, two years ago. Mm-hmm. It was August two 
two years ago. Um, we weren't together at the time. Yeah. Um, we both struggled with, uh, drugs. Yeah. Um, and what split us apart was I wanted to turn my life around. I didn't want to be that guy, uh, where my son's friends would be like, Hey, that's, uh, that's the, uh, drug guy, the drug addict guy of the town. You know, I didn't want, I didn't want that for him, man. Um, and she wasn't ready, um, to stop Mm. and it ended up taking her life. Oh my gosh. So, uh, that's horrible, man. I'm, yep. I, uh, I I do got about eight years clean. Wow. Um, Gabe, that's so, a that's good. That's a big deal, man. That's that's freaking awesome. So so tell me, that's insane. First of all, and a lot of people want to stop. I mean, simply smoking for their kids, and they they don't end up stopping. What what can you point back to that really changed everything to where you said, you know what, that's I, I deserve a better life, and my son deserves a better life. I got I got sick and tired of it. Yeah. Every day, it consumed my day. Yeah. Uh, on how I was going to get my next fixed. Yeah. Um, breaking the law. Yeah. And not being able to provide for my son. Mm-hmm. Um, and I live in a small town where everybody knows everybody. Yeah. Um. So. Like I said, I didn't want to be, I'm 33 now. I didn't want to be 40 or 50 or even yeah. 30s yeah. getting high still. Yeah. Um, so you were, so, you were what, 24, 25 at this time when you made a decision? Uh, yeah, around then. Okay. Um, my son, I was 21 when my son was born. Yeah. And it was a few years after he was born when I realized, like, this is not for me. Yeah. I'm better than this. And, uh, it did take me a couple tries. Um, and then, uh, I found out what worked for me That's cool. and, um, a large part of me getting clean was work. Wow. Um, it's very important if there's anybody out there that's struggling, it's very important to find something to consume your day, to take your attention away. Wow. And for me, that was working. I did work myself to death. I worked full time job and worked on the side, um, doing lawn care and home remodeling, handyman work. Um, but that played a large part in helping me get to where I'm at now. Man, Gabe, that's that's awesome. Man, I I, I wish I could like literally come over there, give you give you a side hug, and and just high five you, bro. That is absolutely amazing of of all the stories that we've had on here um it's stories like this that really it means something man and I, I know it's going to affect change in our audience and it's it's not just growing your business for the sake of growth or for the sake of more money like this was this was your life like literally your life on the line and in the life of your son and so man I'm so so proud of you. That is that, nice. is, that is freaking awesome. 
That is freaking awesome, man. God, God is good, and He's got big things for you. What well, one thing, if if I can, before I let you continue on, because I want to start right there, right at that intersection. But um, I, everybody who's in real estate or big sales guys, they've heard of Grant Cardone, and he was actually a drug addict when he was younger. And I just finished reading his book, um, "Be Obsessed or Be Average." And in that book, he talks about his addiction, and he always had a very um, hyper-energetic and very addictive personality, and he, and, and he walks through the early stages of his life. If you haven't read it, Gabe, I, I urge you to read it because it's so powerful, and he just talks about how like people used to shame him for his addictive personality, and finally when he turned it around and he started to be an addict towards good things and not negative things his life started just taking off and exploding and that's why he is just the real estate mogul that he is today is because he has an addictive personality he is he is a workaholic to a fault a lot of times um but just like you said when you said cling to the work and find something that you can lose yourself in i think that's more than anything else, what got you out of there? Like you were able to say, you know what, I'm going to get addicted to something positive for a change. Um, and that's, that's huge. I, I would love to get your thoughts on that. Um, and then I want you to start right there. Like whenever you decided that and that last final time as you started to get better, I want to know kind of what happened and, and how, how you started working. So answer those questions for me. Um, so first off, I, if I had to category or, uh, describe myself, I would say I'm familiar with Grant Cardone first off. Um, I would say I'm a mix of Grant Cardone and Keith Kalfas. Oh, there you go. Uh, that's a, that's a, that's a knockout baby right there. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have the mentality of Keith Kalfas, um, and, the the history I've experienced a lot of what he's gone through. Yeah. Um, and then as far as grant, uh, the history of, of his drug use and, um, like you said, his addiction to success, um, 10 X, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I worked in the food business for, quite a while forever. I had my first job at 14 working in a pizza shop, um, which I would also say was a downfall. Um, because the people that I worked with got high. So it was, I, it was always around me in our town. Yeah. There was nothing to do. Yeah. Um, and, uh, as I got older, I was able to recognize that I had a problem um, didn't quite know how to deal with it. So I just continued to get high and there was three occasions where I actually overdosed mm. and, um, probably shouldn't be here right now, but there's a reason why I am. Uh, so if I can help one person uh, avoid the path that I've gone down, yeah then to me, that's a good enough reason. Man. Um, 
So my memory back when I was getting high is kind of faint. I, I remember a lot, but I don't because a lot of the people that I ran with are no longer with us. I've lost tons of friends and family from it. Um, so I've done my best to just kind of forget, but, um, my memory serves me right. Um, I was in my mid, mid twenties and I woke up, woke up one day and just was in disgust. Um, didn't even really care to get out of bed. And I knew that some, I needed a change and I needed it bad. Um, my first step was to cut ties with everybody. People that I grew up with that I thought were friends later found out they were associates. Mm. Um, and that's real important. You need to recognize who friends are, um, true friends, somebody who's still going to be there for you. There's probably two people that are still there for me and who have also turned their life around that I would consider true friends. Um, that had to be, that had uh, to be hard. Cause you, you're, you're already, you're already alone. And, and you're, you're needing somebody to lean on and, and everybody just abandoned you is what you're saying. Yes. And I felt the same way also. Um, I had a lot of regret because I, I was also a dealer to supply my habit Yeah, and I was so bad that, and this can reflect on who your trend, true friends are. I was not a true friend to a lot of people. Yeah. Because I, they would, I can't say that they would probably still be here if it wasn't for me, but I caused a lot of people to get hooked on drugs to buy from me to supply my own habit. And some of those people are no longer here. Yeah. Mm. So there's also the guilt, guilt trip that I've taken myself down. Um, so it's been real rough. Um, except the past eight years, as far as anything rough goes, I'm referring to truck breakdowns, yeah. equipment breakdowns, stuff like that. Not, yeah. I don't experience a lot of the hardship that I've went through in the past when I was with drugs. Um, yeah. And, but a, so. a truck breakdown and a mower belt snapping and a client yelling at you. I mean, it's all perspective, bro. That's, that <laughs> can't even touch what you've been through. Um, those, those sound like good days to me. Those sound like good days. Man. Yeah. <laughs> well, tell me, tell me, I'm so hard. I, I'm, I, yeah, I, I'm so sorry, bro. I'm happy that you've turned it around and I, I, I feel for you. And, uh, I hope like you said that you can affect so much change from your story that it outweighs what you've been through and the damage caused and the hurt and the pain and the regret, you know, by a hundredfold. And I, I hope we can make that happen. Um, and I know you're, I know you're going to work towards that. So, so tell me that moment as you realized something needs to change 
and then you decided, hey, you know, I'm going to I'm going to get addicted to a job and not drugs. Tell me what happened next. What what were the phases of your company after that? Um so I started in a suboxone program. Um uh a lot of people have their own outlooks on that. Um to me it it was a part of saving my life. Um so I had started a suboxone program. That allowed me to get up every day, not have to go boost from a store or steal or whatever that that allowed me to get up and actually go get a job and and work um so i that's exactly what i did i got up went and got a job and i realized that this job is taking up half of my day yeah if i could take up the other half of my day then i feel like i would be in a lot better shape so my way of doing this, it was 2008. I was living in Prospect, Ohio, which is only six miles from where I'm at now. Um, I made a sign that was offering mowing services and landscape services. I put that sign in our front yard, and that was the only sign I hung. Um, and within about a month, I had... 17 customers in this small town with one stoplight. I think this town is maybe at, at like 1,200 people. Yeah. So 17 weekly clients and a population of 1,500 is not bad at all. Not bad at all, man. Not bad. You had one percent of the <laughs> you had one percent of the population on your services within within one month. Hey, there's something to, right. there's something to be learned from that though. Like if you're gonna get like you just have to get attention however you can get attention. That's what marketing is. And you just happen to be at the only stoplight in town. So there's, there's nothing wrong with that. People are stopping, looking at your sign. Oh man, that's awesome. So your main goal when you realize I need to affect change is you went in thinking I need to max out my whole day. No, no yep. time left for me to do anything stupid. So you got, you got a job for half the day and the other half the day, your goal was I'm going to freaking mow lawns. And, and was that just like kind of the easiest thing you could get into or what was your, what was your thought process or did you remember enjoying it? Why did you just immediately go towards lawn mowing and not just pick up one more like night shift job somewhere else? Um, so I I was getting to the point to where I was getting sick and tired of the food business. Yeah. Um, yeah. I worked at Waffle House also. Um, and in between of me being on and off with food businesses, I worked two landscaping jobs. One of them is one of the largest um, landscapers here in central Ohio, um, in environmental management incorporate uh they're out of plain city well they have a division in plain city ohio and uh on the east side of columbus ohio okay um i worked there and then up the street from them um a couple years later after i got laid off over the winter uh the following summer i took a job at benchmark landscaping which was a mile down the road from where emi was um Excuse me. 
so those were the two first landscaping jobs that I had. Um, and that's when I really realized, like, I, I love doing this. I'm outside. I'm doing something every day, whether it's mowing or laying pavers, mulching, whatever. I, I just love doing, knowing that I have something different on the schedule for the week. Yeah, that's um, awesome. That's awesome. I'm, I'm not into the whole robotic thing. My, like, my girlfriend works at Honda yeah. um, in Marysville. Yeah. Um, and... There's guys that's been there for 30 plus years. I give them mad props. <laughs> I do not know how somebody could stand in one spot like a robot and work there for 30 years. Oh my It was gosh. not for me. Uh, me, me and you both, man. I, I love that too. That, that That's actually one of my favorite things about the job that I do on a daily basis is each day I wake up and yeah, sometimes it's a headache. But more often than not, it's just, it's exciting. It's new. I get to see a new client every day. There's new solutions that we have to come up with. And so it's definitely, definitely not monotonous. Maybe occasionally like mowing the lawns repeatedly in the summer gets monotonous or something like that. But for the most part, it's, it's different and it's always changing. So I, I completely agree. So what, what next, man? What next for you? Um <coughs> Um, so I had gotten laid off from, uh, benchmark yep. and I had met this state trooper in prospect who he, he was on SRT, which is a special response team. He was like the, uh, did SWAT stuff for, uh, the state troopers here in Ohio. Yeah. And he was into realty. He would buy foreclosure at homes. And I worked with him. I still work with him and his girlfriend today. Oh, cool. Um, flipping houses, um, doing remodeling, whether if we're doing it to rent them or we're doing it to sell them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I got in with him doing that. And, um, and at the same time, I'm still continuing to work for myself. Well, there became a point where some of the people that he was hiring and I was clean at this time. Um, he was getting to the point to where he was hiring the wrong people, yeah. people who were on, on heroin, uh, pills, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't willing to be around it. And actually one of the guys threatened me to take him to go get stuff and I would not do it. And he, we almost got in a fight and yeah. he tried hitting me in the head with a hammer. Oh my gosh. Um, and I left. I quit working for him, and I took a job out at Honda. Not for Honda, but it's Industrial Parkway Services. We did all the landscaping for the Honda campus, um, which is massive. Wow. Um, uh, we did all the landscaping, the mowing, the snow removal, and ice management. We did all that out there. And I worked there from about... 2015, 2016. Okay. Up until 2018. Okay. Um, and meanwhile, I'm, I'm working for myself on the side. I worked for myself on the side from 2008 up until 2018. Um, I, so from the moment, from the moment you stopped doing drugs 
all the way until you decided to go full time on your own. You you always had your own side hustle going on. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, it was May of 2018. I I don't really know what came over me, but something just told me I need to stop. I need to quit and I need to go to work for myself full time. Um, I, if I had to guess what it was, was I was killing myself. Yeah. Um, literally felt like I was killing myself. I was working from 7am to 3pm. My girlfriend also worked at the same place with me at this time. I would bring her home, load up the trailer and go out and work, whether if it was mowing yards, doing landscaping, doing pavers or handyman stuff or home remodeling. Um, and I wasn't getting home until after 10 o'clock at night, depending on what I was doing. Most, most days it was 10 o'clock at night. And I'm the person to where when, when I'm driving, I get tired at the end of the day. Yeah. But the second I get home, I'm wide awake and I cannot go to sleep. So <laughs> I'm staying up until two, three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm working two jobs basically. And on three hours, four hours of sleep, if I'm lucky. Oh my gosh. Well, I got a solution so, for that. You just, you just sleep in the truck then. I've done that. <laughs> I've done that. There was one time where I worked 33 hours straight for a uh, big boy and waffle house. Um, oh gosh. and I did that. And after I did it that one time, I was like, you know what? I should do this more often. <laughs> so that's what I, that's what I started doing. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah. You got like one of those little camper shells in the back of your truck. Just go back there, take you a quick nap and go on your way. Um, all right. So, so what next then you, you decided 2018 to go full time. It, it was just yep. absolutely annihilating your body you'd kind of accomplished your goal of filling all of your time so that you were no longer addicted to drugs, but, but something positive and your life's changing. It seems like at this point. Um, so what happened when you went full time? And I'm also curious, you know, was your relationship with your son improving and were you giving him the, the life that you wanted to during this process? Um, so in May, I put my two weeks in and come June, which was when my two weeks was up, I filed for the LLC. I actually was, got it back on June 12th, which is my birthday. So my business established date is my birthday. Oh, that's um, awesome. um, and, uh, I went, I, I was busy from the start, um, to where I, I had enough work that I was scheduled out and had no worries of not, not working. Um, and I, in the beginning with my son, um, when his, there was a, uh, a situation that happened in the, uh, time period, time period of me being clean my son's mother got a hold of me. She kept him away from me after I left her and I could not see him. Um, and out of the blue, she got a hold of me and said, Hey, I've I've been clean. Do you want to see Connor, which is my son? And I'm like, yeah, of course. So I met her in uh, Marysville at Arby's 
hopped in the car with her, and she gets on the highway heading towards Columbus and tells me that she's going to get dope. And we got into a big fight. Well, she overdosed. Mm. Uh, me and a stranger performed CPR on her um, and brought her back to life. We, we took turns doing CPR until the ambulance got there. When this happened, she lost her rights. Mm. Here in the state of Ohio, there is no grandparent rights. <clears throat> so I'm next in line for custody of my son. Um, I did everything that I had to do. I was working a job. I was passing the drug test, which I had already had some odd years clean at this point anyways. Um, but what prevented me from getting custody was I was living with my mom and her boyfriend at the time in a five bedroom house to where only two bedrooms were being used. And he would not let me have my son live there with me. He wouldn't mm. allow it. Mm. Um, yeah, so there was a big falling out about that. So I ended up not getting granted, uh, rights. Uh, well, as far as custody goes, I have rights. I, I, I wasn't granted, uh, custody. Yeah. Um, so instead my son's mother was granted, uh, the custody and still has today. Um, And they, when that happened, they kept him away from me because they blamed me for her overdose, which this is not when she passed away. Yeah. Um, this was the first time she overdosed. Um, they kept him away until we went through court. And then when we went through court, they were shocked that the judge forced them to let me see my son. Um, so they had no choice. So that's when I was actually able to establish a relationship with my child. And through that time, her parents, well, his grandparents knew a change. They seen a change in me. Yeah. They knew that I was not the same person that they knew before. Yeah. And they actually started opening up more. Um, they've actually helped me out a lot. I'm, I got into a horrible situation financially, uh, hit a deer, totaled the truck, and was without a vehicle. And they literally bought me a truck. Wow. Um, yeah. I was yeah. shocked. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so now today, jump to today, um, they still have custody, um, but they live two miles up the road. So I, I can go there whenever I want. Um, and basically that's how it is as of right now. Um, we do live in a single white trailer. Um, and this is in the beginning when we first moved in here, it was not intentional. It was more of, we have no choice. Um, and after we got here, um, I realized like Sarah, I, I understand you want to move and so do I, but think about this. We pay $475 a month on rent. If we move to an $800 a month place or a thousand dollar a month place, that difference could have been saved and put back if we stayed at the trailer. So that's why we're still here is because if we have, this is the best opportunity 
Yeah. Um, to, save, to be able to save money. Save money and change your here. life. Man, man. Yeah. Well, Gabe, it, that is um, that is a sad story, a joyous story, a triumphant story. It's been an uphill battle for you, man. And it it sounds like that you are you're on the right track, man. And you're 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 putting one foot in front of the other. Yes, and you don't know what maybe next year is going to hold, but sounds like you've got all the pieces in place. People are seeing change in you. And it's just, I hope as people listen to this, they, they look at your story and they see, I mean, you were, you were fully addicted to drugs. You were immersed in just a horrible system with horrible relationships. And now, by God's grace and your willpower and your work ethic, you now have a company that you you've built from scratch what's cool man is that you went from having nothing and making yourself and other people go backwards to now you have you have a business that is providing for you and your family and just like what you just said there like you're making good decisions you're putting yourself in a position where you're actually saving money and you've built that for yourself i mean not not many people can say one that they beat drugs but even on top of that, the fact that you built your own company, um, you're in you're in rare air with both of those. You know, a, a vast majority, I think 70% of businesses fail within the first five years. And then you throw in beating drugs on top of that man, and my, my hat's off to you. So I, I hope for nothing but the best. I, I do want to give you the opportunity here as we wrap up to anything that you want the listeners to know or one, one last final comment about whether it be beating drugs or starting your company, but I want to give you to share something from, from your head or your heart uh, with our audience here towards the end. All right. Um, so last night I put a lot of thought into this part, um, and I wrote down some stuff. Um, I'm not going to go into all of them. Um, <clears throat> so... Aside from the whole drug issue, when it comes to a business, um, if somebody were to learn from my mistakes, um, I would have to say two things. Don't listen to to somebody who has not been there and done that. Um, I was given bad advice a long time ago as far as claiming tax purposes and I did not realize this until I heard this on Brian Fullerton's podcast here just a few months ago maybe even less Um, I was under and Brian was also under the same impression and was given bad advice do not claim any taxes if you're making under six figures and I found out the opposite Um, so I'm actually in the process of backtracking and trying to get caught up on that. Um, I was given bad advice and I should have never listened to who gave me that advice. Hmm. Um, and I, I, uh, I live by this. If you listen to a smart person, you might read a book, but if you listen to a dummy, you might learn something. And the meaning of, of that is 
for an example, a counselor, a drug counselor, chances are they went to college for it. Nothing against going to college. Now, if I had to choose a counselor to counsel me, and there was two of them, one with a college degree and one with a past history of drugs, I'm choosing the counselor with the past history of drugs because they have been there and they've done that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and another thing that I, uh, if, if somebody were to learn, I made the huge mistake of offering too many services. Yeah. Um, my thought was, Hey, I'll, um, do the landscaping and lawn care and stuff through the summer. And I'll offer home remodeling and handyman services to keep me busy, um, through the winter. And, that was the case. It kept me busy, but it slowed me down. Yeah. So in my business, I'm in the middle of backtracking. So I'm actually going to be taking a, a revenue cut by doing this, but I'm restructuring um, with particular services that I'm going to stick with. I'm cutting out all the other crap and I'm sticking to strictly lawn care, landscape, construction. Um, and I'm trying to get away from, uh, the home remodeling until later in the future. I do want to get into reality, um, as a passive income, because <clears throat> I think that's also very important, yeah, yeah. um, to have some sort of, uh, passive income, uh, other than your business income. Yeah. And it's cool that you, you've, over the years, you've gotten that experience so you can do that for yourself man so well gabe that's that's awesome man and those are those are some great final thoughts so um learn through people who have experiences not an opinion is kind of what i'm hearing you say and then definitely find your niche um and that that's hard to do like when you first start off i think many many people do that i know i did you just kind of you offer anything and everything because you're just trying to survive but once, once you're to the point where you're surviving, you've got to hone in and, and zero in on a couple few service scopes. Where where do I want to be technical? Where do I want to add value? Whenever I figure that out, then you can kind of scale up and start to build a business that runs efficiently around that. So, well, well Gabe, man, I, I appreciate you being on the podcast. And this story, I know that our audience is going to not only get value from it, but I'm hoping that they'll share it with somebody that their heart goes out to. I'm hoping that just a few of the right people hear this and that your story can make a deep, deep, lasting, life-changing impact in some of these listeners, man, because this right here is the most important thing, man. We're called to live a life for Christ, and yes, we're running small businesses, but your small business handyscapers has in essence saved your life and and you being addicted to work rather than drugs has saved your life so i i appreciate you being vulnerable and and being honest and sharing that because i i know that's not easy so thank you for being on the show man and thank you for your time hey no problem and i appreciate you having me on all right man well we'll we'll keep chatting with you on over on instagram or facebook my friend and uh Until we chat again, though, you keep at it. Keep your head down. Keep busting it. Keep making the right decisions. And uh, we're, we're here for you every step of the way if you need us.
All righty. Thank All right. you. All right. Thanks, Gabe. Bye-bye. See ya. See you, bud.